0: build audaciously. I build an organization focused on education and I don't have an education background, but I do know I have the skills to be able to execute on this. And so sometimes we let our backgrounds or who am I to do this? I'm not necessarily good enough. I didn't go to school for it. And I'd say like, push that right out of the way. Who are you not to do this? Oftentimes, it's those that are actually outside of the system that come up with the unique um, experiences to, to, to create the solutions.
1: Hello, 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 I'm Chris Hobbs, president and co-founder of TTT Studios, a digital consulting and software development studio where we design and build a next generation of digital products. And I am super excited to have Antonia O'Gundele as a guest of Episode 81 of the Afternoon Tea Podcast. Antonia is the founder and executive director of the Ethos Lab Educational Society. Ethos Lab is a nonprofit STEM and culture-focused innovation academy for use, age 13 to 18 that provides access to emerging technologies, culture and a community of innovators. Antonia’s career has been as a resilience professional. Most recently, she was with Van City Credit Union and has held various positions in emergency management with the Ontario government and continues to consult with the World Bank. Antonia has a passion for community. In 2016, she founded the Hogan's Alley Land Trust, which evolved into the Hogan's Alley Society and was the former chair of the Coal Harbour Residents Association. In 2016, she founded the, I love this name, Cheeky Proletariat Gallery, an accessible and inclusive space for free expression of all people. She holds a bachelor of social science and a certificate in governance and public policy from the University of Ottawa, and a master's in environmental studies and urban planning from the University of Waterloo. That was a mouthful, Antonia. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, this is going to be fun. There's a lot of wonderful things that I am excited to learn about. In particular, Ethos Lab. Can you tell me about your, you know, about your background and how you came up with the idea behind Ethos Lab?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, coming up with Ethos Lab was not just a direct decision. It was like a confluence of many different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, It primarily came out of the need of of creating a space where young people are able to gather in the city, Um, really reflecting on my my identity as a a mom and a a parent of an amazing teenager um, and thinking about where she might be able to go after school to be able to just kind of hang out and be comfortable, but also a space that responds to... Um, the need uh, to create spaces where underrepresented uh, young people are able to come together and innovate and create. So um, Ethos Lab was kind of the confluence of that. Um, How do we create that safe space for the young people and also respond to like major issues or emergencies that are happening um, in our world? So um, that is what Ethos Lab ended up kind of, that was the genesis story. And Uh so uh our primary mission is um, to empower youth to transform community and shift culture by providing access to this type of space, as well as resources, mentors, and again, that community of innovators that can inspire, so the youth can inspire each other to, I don't know, create whatever they have in their imagination.
1: I love it. Well, there's so many tools today. What you're doing is just showing them the tools and giving them the path and, help, and helping them out. Now, I mean, I, just as you said, you have a teenage daughter. I have a teenage daughter and a teenage son as well. So I, you know, we definitely, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah, the double hair. This is why I'm, most of my hair is missing. Um, <laughs> and why but... most
0: of my hair is gray. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> gets... We won't even talk about the gray hair that too. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but so say, say, my daughter, okay, Selena, I will say, and she's 17, so I guess she's just on the the the, the cusp of the end of that program uh, in terms yep. of aging out. I suppose. But what would what would the you know if she wanted to
0: uh, become a member, what 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 would uh, you know uh,
1: an event or something like that out of the out of the group be?
0: Oh, that's amazing. Well, first off, I can't wait to meet your daughter and hope she Whoa. comes to Ethos Lab. <laughs> uh, but it really all depends because young people come into Ethos Lab in various ways. Um, we run camps, and so uh, young people are able to maybe access one of our solar punk summer environmental sustainability right. camps where they get to understand the confluence of uh, social issues, but as well as emerging tech in, in the environmental space, to maybe being a part of one of our workshops where we did, um, they learned about blockchain last year, to avatars and identity. So if your 17 year old daughter wanted to come into Ethos Lab, she can check our website and see what's going on and enter into one of our programming uh, programs, but that's just the gateway or entrance into the community after uh-huh. that, we really invite the young people to be a part of our open studio and a part of our community where if she wanted to just join uh you know come in at four o'clock in the afternoon, put her bag down and then do her homework, create what she wants um have access to our three d printers to oh um our Arduinos to screen printing materials if she wants to make t-shirts or crafts, just anything. Um and so that's more than anything else. That's the core of our program. Um mm-hmm. or the core of our community is that young people are able to just come in and create.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. And this is this is mostly we're speaking um Ethos Labs, uh Vancouver based or or at least Lower Mainland based. Um is there <laughs> is there any goals or desires to, to to you know to nationalize it or is this something that's already a lot of work that uh, you know, we need to we need to keep focused on the kids.
0: No, well, the, the vision is to, this will be the first space uh, for Ethos Lab. Um, so uh, our location at Main and 3rd is our flagship location. And then the intention is to branch out into other parts of the region and then go nationally into 20, late 2020, 2024, or 2025. Um, we've been working on business planning to look at uh, going into Calgary, Edmonton and Toronto. And so looking at which one would be the, Best prospective city, but the intention is that this would be a national um, organization where there's a bunch of Ethos Labs across the country where kids will come in and innovate.
1: What a wonderful vision! What a wonderful vision! In in order to kind of meet that vision, how can organizations like ours help you out? Like I mean, this is this is a community driven you know project, and you're helping all of our kids. How can we help you out?
0: Oh well, I think number one is you've got a teenage daughter. In fact, you have two teens. Mm-hmm. Invite your young person out. Tell oh. them to, uh, to come into Ethos Lab, join us, come to one of our hackathons, one of our events, or just stop on by. Mm-hmm. So it's always about growing the community and growing this uh, movement of innovators. Um, and then the second thing is, as an organization, if you're listening, um, we're always looking for funding support. Um, yes. And so we have uh, our we do our one hundred. A thousand dollars in a hundred days campaign. Um, to if you are interested in giving, you know, a monthly donation to be able to support our organization operationally, but it also does support in subsidizing young people that aren't able to access um, our organization as well or access the programming.
1: Oh, I I think that's I think that's wonderful. Well, can can you? And, and and it's definitely something that we we, we all should be supporting. Um, well, can you discuss some of the most pressing, maybe social and environmental issues facing you know Vancouver? Well, we'll say Vancouver because we're we're f- f- uh, focused here right now, and how Ethos Lab is working to address um, these uh, social or environmental issues.
0: Yeah, I I would probably really say it's directly responding to the major issue that's happening in our education system with regards to the stratification within our mm-hmm. education system that some young people within our region have access to some tools, expertise, uh, mentorship, and, you know, ecosystems that some other kids may not. And that either has to do with geography, that might have to do with administrative priorities. In many ways, it is also stratified among like demographic, whether gender, whether it be race and background as well. Um, and so uh, I'd say that that is the biggest issue. So um, as a as a founder, um, and those that are listening, and we talk about you know, diversifying our pipeline, it really does start in the K to 12 educational space. And if we, if I know that my daughter or other kids don't have access to specific um, programs, whether it be because of academic performance, but in the spare time, they're building things, creating things, um, but it doesn't necessarily translate to, you know, great marks because the education system may not be meeting their um, educational needs or how they, how they choose to learn. Um, that uh, I don't think any young person should be denied access to tools um, because they may not necessarily be having um, strong academic performance. Um, and what we're seeing now, um, just in how the markets are changing. Um, if you have, uh, again, the network and community to the expertise, to just the passion and drive, if a young person is developing apps and websites in their spare time, but might be challenged in English um, huh. in their, in their um, classes or might be challenged in the math area. They may not necessarily be um, identified by the school as, um, you know, hey, maybe we'll introduce you to this program or or maybe you should access this this specialized or enriched program at a school. Um, and then the other thing is that because of the stratification that's happening within the education system, we are seeing parents, I'm sure such as yourself and including myself, You're looking for creative opportunities outside of school Uh and it's a bit like Hunger Games on getting (laughs) access to like really great, unique program. There's 10 spots and Uh hear from a friend of a friend of a friend, you got to sign up at eight o'clock in the morning. If you don't sign up at eight, you completely miss the boat. Uh Uh, So like I wanted to be able to eliminate that like pressure and stress that parents um, feel in Uh finding dignified, creative and future focused programming that really sets their young people up um for the future.
1: I think that's I think that's such a great uh, goal and mission and 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 I mean I really like I also really like I mean for those we're we're I'm mean, obviously a national podcast but um you know I know Vancouver very well and I love where you're centered cuz and third is like really we're we'll called the heart of Vancouver and and, and 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 you know with with some of the more uh, transportations going in there and all that even, even more so the heart um and I also, you know, kind of treasure what you say in terms of like my kids actually went to um, a Catholic school, for good or bad. They went to a Catholic school for 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 elementary school, actually at St. Francis Xavier, which is just yep, two blocks right from where you are. And um, you know, the the, the the personalized education they got there was exceptional. And now they, you know, they've gone to public high school. They thought that's where they wanted to go to and and you just see where, you know, people can easily fall off. Um, you know, uh-huh. where, where they don't have the I don't call it like the, the guidance and mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe even, you know, the, the, the adults are those who they can look up to, to really help them with some of the problems they're facing or, or some of the desires they want, like you said, Hey, you've got a 3d printer. I've dreamt of even touching one of those things and, you know, and, and to empower people. I think, I think that is super cool. Well, can you speak to some of the unique challenges and opportunities facing, I mean, we'll call this a social impact startup um, yeah. and it has, you know, very unique challenges and how do you navigate those challenges as a founder?
0: yeah i mean uh <laughs> where do i even begin to start mm. um as a black female founder nonprofit in terms of accessing uh number one in terms of the barriers around funding um that is i think one of the biggest challenges um while we um are establishing our revenue model that allows for it to be a sustainable um non we are continuously looking for grants um looking for uh, corporate partners in mm-hmm. order to be able to access uh funding to be able to support and grow our organization the demand is definitely there um but the the challenge is again securing year over year funding so often um an organization might donate um to the end of the year um and then you're having to like find additional funding for the year after and the year after uh, which makes it very difficult to secure Mm. talent and a team um Mm. build momentum if you don't know or if everyone's uh, um if everyone is uncertain about the future but that's kind of the life you sign up for as, oh. a, as a founder. Um, and when you join an early stage team, that's kind of also what you you sign up for. So that is a bit of an expectation, but it does lead to added pressures for sure. I bet. Um, the second thing is, which is, I find quite fascinating, is that Ethos Lab is centered on uh, designing its program- programming, centering the humanity of the Black experience. Uh, Meaning that we create a space where Black youth feel respected, reflected, and protected. And that, as like a design ideology, uh, creates an inclusive environment for all young people. So Mm -hmm. all young people, like it doesn't matter the background, are all able to come to Ethos Lab. And that's been a really interesting um, communication challenge in being a Black-led organization and uh, being able to communicate consistently and just say, you know, anyone is able to come. Um, wow. So we do have, and, and again, our target is around Black youth and girls. Mm-hmm. So we definitely have a large population of Black youth um, and girls in, inside of our programming. Well, but um, it's just really interesting on um, how parents either opt in or opt out into that type of diverse environment um, in terms of being um, led or being or participating in it. So I think, um, again, it's really great talking to another parent and and a dad in this. <laughs> is that parents have a ton of agency on who they allow or uh, want their kids to hang around or be around with. Um, And uh, so it's just been really an interesting journey to hear the conversations that I have with different parents um, on um, accessing or, or joining Ethos Lab, mainly around that particular demographic focus.
1: Well, I think I think that's pretty cool. Well, I mean, you're talking about a team, so you you have a team, maybe some volunteers, maybe some paid. I'm, I'm not sure, but how do you how do you approach team building and leadership, and what sort of qualities do you look for in these team members?
0: Yeah, it's been um, a, that is I think one of the most interesting challenges too, right? Making sure uh-huh. that you're building the right team, um, one that is able to also understand that um, in doing our research out there, there really isn't anything like ethos lab. Up there, so um, it's really finding kind of the right skill set and the mindset that is willing to build into the future and really think about, oh, well, I don't know what this looks like right now, but I like I don't know where it's you know, being able to charter kind of this these muddy waters, but being aligned with this mission and vision is extremely important. So I'd say that's number one um, that they're they're committed to. Uh, again in, in increasing the amount of representation in these areas of steam and really empowering these young people to to be engaged in their communities engaged in their lives and giving them the agency um then the second one is uh around um just uh, skill sets if they have if just are you able to do and follow through and 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 deliver on what you're able to do so I mean just finding the right exp- expertise that aligns with that, oh. and then making sure that we have um, a really great and diverse mix of of people that are a part of the organization. And that means gender to background to, oh. um, while it's a majority black, like a black-led team, What's you it? really need to think about, okay, um, you know, geographical representation, cultural representation. Oh. Um, and that adds for many different nuances. But Either way, you know, when you're building with a team in an early stage, you just want people that are passionate and um, and committed to a vision that they know will ultimately uh, make our city, the region, and and hopefully nationally, uh, a lot better.
1: That's awesome. And, and, and pardon me for if 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 I'm not saying this correctly, but I uh, how so if 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 the original mission or the mission is for a uh, black uh, it's black led um, uh-huh. group or biopic uh, group. Um, if you have other members of society or other, other groups, does that water down the group or hurt, hurt that, not hurt the mission? Like make it harder for the, you know, for the, this is our mission. We're trying to help this group or this community out. Um, how do you balance that?
0: Oh, I mean, there are so many different ways to respond to a problem, right? So (laughs) for example, if we're having, uh, let's just talk about it within the gender context and I'll bring it back to, to regular black youth. Right. So um, we have, uh, you know, we know that there's underrepresentation of individuals that identify as girls <laughs> uh, within STEM, oh. right? Or just in terms of the level of gender diversity. So um, uh, I'd say a lot of programming programs really focus on, um, you know, girls who code or uh, right. large uh, events that focus on just like girls and girl leaders. Well, how might you approach the problem where it might actually be that the boys in their classroom? aren't necessarily valuing their contribution around the table or mm-hmm. um, those that identify as male or mm-hmm. that there are different groups that don't, um, uh, leaders that are around them are all predominantly male and not necessarily the the girls. Um, but what we're, we're seeing is that, again, that sense of belonging, that sense of, I feel a part of the community mm-hmm. um, as being the biggest indicators of, of young people being able to be a part of a group. So, uh, when it comes to Black youth, number one, uh, uh, they the population uh, for those that are listening. A uh, Black, the Black community here in Vancouver is oh. just over one oh. percent, you know. And so when you start thinking about the like Black youth population, um, they're probably the only one in their class. Uh, we recently went to a school, and there were four Black youth in a school of four hundred and fifty. Um, and so when we talk about addressing or supporting the needs of that yeah, that young, the Black person in terms of um, exposing them to STEM or or being a part of this community, you're more likely to take on or adopt something that your friend is also a part of. Well, because, you know, again, as a parent, for, kids like to hang out with their friends and, and uh-huh. do things with their friends. And if you are the only Black person in your class, there is a 99% chance that your friend is not Black. Um, And you want to be able to go places with your friends. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's number one, like just getting the foot of the door. Then the second thing is with that small population number, a lot of the black, a lot of youth in Vancouver and across the region have actually never interacted with a black person. Mm -hmm. And don't know how to actually interact with a black person because all they know is what's on media, um, what they see in the news um, or what they hear about. And uh-huh. so, when it actually comes to interacting with a real live Black person, and and I, and especially peers, uh-huh. there are certain stereotypes that are brought into the picture. Uh-huh. Um, there's also um, uh, an unclear understanding of what to say or how to be around them, or maybe not feeling cool. Like there's so many different layers. And what we want to do, and why it's very intentional around centering the humanity of the Black experience, uh-huh. is creating that environment where people can just a Black. Youth could just be themselves, and their parents just see them as themselves. And then furthermore, exposing non-black youth to black leaders also allows them to uh-huh. understand and see their friends as the possibility of being civil engineers and or um, you know, startup founders or whatever it might be. So so much is in the imagination of non-black kids of what the black identity is uh-huh. that it actually is hindering the advancement of Black youth in this space. So I think it for us, it's really important. Um, there's one thing with creating spaces that are all Black, which I think is really important in many know. different scenarios. With Ethos Lab, we've t- chosen to take an approach where you're not the only one. That's been the issue with with girls. I'm the only one in the boardroom, or I'm the only girl in this class. Wow. My daughter was the only girl in her gaming class that she had taken before Ethos Lab started. Now it's, oh, I have someone that looks like me, understands my identity, and oh my gosh, I have other people that look like me around me. Um, And so it's been, um, you know, anecdotally hearing from a parent saying uh, their kid coming back uh, home and saying, oh, I thought I was going to be the only black kid in the class. But there were others. And you know what? There were also other people there. So it doesn't necessarily water down the machine. It's just a different way of approaching the problem. Um and which is very difficult for some people to conceptualize, um. Yeah. But that is that's how we take the approach.
1: No, I really appreciate that, and I, and and I I do agree. I mean, I I think that, I mean, my my daughter, my son, I believe uh, both of them, unshockingly, with my wife, uh, are biracial. Um, you know, my my wife's of Korean heritage, and uh, the kids, and it is interesting when they're together with kids who are also of uh, a similar heritage where the, they get to, Hey, you, you do that holiday and you do this, you know, this sort of a thing and, you know, kind of compare our notes and see, you know, they're there. So I, I and having a safe place, you know, safe place, an educational place, a place where they could be yourself. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that's great. Well, can you highlight some of the, you know, successful projects or initiatives that have come out of ethos labs and maybe, uh, talk a little bit about the impact on the community?
0: Yeah, I think um it's really hard to pin down exactly one, uh, because there there are varying degrees in of uh, what success might look like from the individual feeling more confident for sure um and opening up to um just hearing uh, people experience our innovation summit and like, whoa, that is not how I've ever experienced this theme organization. Um, but I'd say one initiative that, you know, we are gonna be building off of and 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 growing is our hackathon approach. Uh, sure. It is what really catalyzed um, this uh, ethos lab within the, you know, we launched during the pandemic. right? So mm. um, it really That's catalyzed tough. our digital identity and who we are, again, um, catalyzed the creation of Atlantos, our, our metaverse environment, uh-huh. to um, now recently we've started to create what we're calling Blackathons, um, oh. where we actually look at in- inventors. Um, In Black history or Black inventors and their innovations, and beginning to hack them for contemporary context. So, there was a problem that they were trying to solve. What was that problem, and how do we hack that? Um, And so, again, humanizing the inventors beyond just like um, this is a thing that was created by a Black person to really getting your hands in there to understand the innovation and uh, mindset. Um, and design mindset to be able to create something new. So I'd say the um, hackathon approach has has been uh, the one of the the best I'd say um, uh, initiatives that we've run and that we want to continue to scale and grow because it's just the more young people we can bring into that space, the more we can catalyze their imagination and and bring them into our community.
1: Oh, Fantastic! I mean, and hackathons are such a great event. I mean, I I always like to explain to people. You know, hackathons are, are are opportunity to learn and fail because, you mm-hmm. know, you learn from failure. And, you know, also, you know, maybe, maybe this is a little bit more on the advanced side like we're doing with UVC computer science students or something. It's, it's a great time to just learn something like a new framework or something that you will never have the chance to learn. So when, when you do, when you do a hackathon or, or as you call it a black though, which I think is such a wonderful way of contextualizing history and then trying to figure out in your own way, how would we do that with the current tools? I, I, I think that's amazing. Um... What would that look like? Like, is that a weekend? Is that a couple of hours? Like, what What would that be exactly?
0: Yeah, we're definitely evolving the model. The first one we did was over the course of uh, three days. Okay. Um, and then uh, the most recent one that we did was within uh, a a full day, so during during school days for some young people in the region, and on a pro d day for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was about five hours uh, of hacking where we. Gave a little bit of an inspirational talk um, on design, and and had a, a black leader in the community who talked about his design journey, and that really kind of catalyzed the young people's minds to be like, oh, this is really cool, and That's this awesome. idea of creating. And then, um, and then we actually partnered with Microsoft on both of those hackathons, and we intend on scaling it with them. Um, and they had uh, mentors at each of the different tables to be able to support a team um, of five people. Uh, to be able to to hack uh, the innovation. So that is that's how we're it's currently modeled. Um, uh-huh. and we are um, still iterating on our approach, but definitely see it as a successful uh, opportunity.
1: wow, oh, that's that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, i'd I'd love to learn more about how we can help with that. And I think every all of our listeners should be thinking in the exact same way. well, one one description I really liked, and maybe this is something that's more common than than that I'm aware of, but please uh, you know, enlighten me a little more. You were considered a resilience professional. What is a resilience professional?
0: <laughs> I even, I try and, that that is like my um, high level description of what I, I do. Like I, mm-hmm. I was a business continuity and emergency planning um, professional. Um, okay. And so in, in a bucket term, it's about making organizations, communities, individuals more resilient to be able to handle um, emergencies and shocks uh, that they might be experiencing. You can leave then um uh you know their homes or uh-huh. Uh-huh. again within pro- pro- uh, provincial context so uh-huh. yeah that is what i that's what i did that's what i i do that's my career uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah
1: well, I thank I thank you for it because we need we need support in the world, especially as uh, <laughs> you know, just we're dealing with so many things that sometimes you know we we can't do it just with our families, or we can't do oh, it within yeah. the schools, or we can't do it here or there. We we need you know people like yourself who's uh, you know being community driven and and saying hey, you know I'm here. And uh, yeah. here to help, which I think, which I think is great. Well, you know, you had, you had, I guess, uh, as you said, it was um, with uh, Van City or the organizations' business continuity and emer- <laughs> emergency preparedness programs, which I think sounds earthquakes and all those sort of things. Yes, what absolutely. What, what, what that role be exactly?
0: That is literally it, just like making what? sure that the organization is able to handle any sort of again shots to um, the organization. So, um, one really big one to contextualize it. Um, would be like what is uh you know pandemic planning mm-hmm. or it would be um if there are systems outages or if there are um reputational risks so many different things right. i mean oftentimes business continuity is within um risk risk management areas sure. um that business risk and so um yeah at my time at band city i i would You know, communicate with different parts of the organization and and just making sure that we had all the appropriate plans in place in order to respond to if there was, again, uh, major, um, you know, emergency planning uh, issues Mm -hmm. and and also working with different parts of the organization that maybe had the accountability on like if there was a run on the bank or if there Mm -hmm. were. So there's so many different ways. I was often the dark cloud in the room you know, like the, everyone has these great ideas. And I'd be like, well, what if this happened? And, um, you know, so, uh, that is, that was most recently, you know, where I was working and I definitely, um, take those learnings and felt, um, uh, that I had the skill sets and, um, expertise to be able to respond to the, to the emergency that is the underrepresentation of black youth and girls in these areas of STEAM. I think it was, it's fundamental. And so when I, Kind of took that mindset and applied my skills, I thought, oh, I can take these skills and apply it to any other major issue that's happening, um, whether oh, for it be socially sure. or environmentally.
1: With, with a smile, too. I think that's, you know, I think a lot of other people might be doing it with, a oh, the world is coming to an end. Up. We have to plan <laughs> for that. But you're like, yeah, let's figure it out. You know what? There's, there's solutions. We can figure know, stuff it's out. A,
0: not, it's, it's one of my uh, traits is <laughs> I actually do really well in disasters, which I think makes me kind of fit for... Um, entrepreneurialism
1: oh completely uh,
0: you're just kind of like oh yeah we'll figure it out we'll, it might be a challenge for different team members and people with different thoughts but uh that that is unfortunately that, that that is yeah i'm pretty good at managing jumping
1: design. from fire to fire it's 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 <laughs> it, it i i hear you well i read that you received the city of vancouver's black history month community elite leader award um can you tell me about that award and how did it feel to, to receive it
0: well it's such an honor and such um a surprise not as I I I don't know you know what you never really think about receiving awards in that sense or or, Uh um you don't really do things for the awards um it so it was just it was really um awesome I'm I'm from Toronto Uh um and so I've been here for almost 10 years and to be to receive an award from the city of Vancouver this place that I I I now call home Uh um was really um yeah just like a really amazing thing I think about Three years into my time living here, I made a conscious decision to give back and to be a part of this community and no longer wake up at about five o'clock in the morning so I could listen to Toronto Metro Morning or, or, or listen to just Toronto News. I mean, I still stay in contact there, but um, it was really about like, how can I contribute to the community? And, and went just a little, I know, I, I, I went all in and uh-huh. to make it a space where I know I want to be. My family can be in a place where I want to raise my daughter.
1: Awesome. Well, sorry, Toronto, Anthony is ours now, and we're we're, we're lucky for it. We're <laughs> lucky for <laughs> no. it. Well, you know, I I also I mean I'm 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 originally uh, from UBC and uh. Are oh, okay. well, as UBC for many years, almost too many, one might say. Um, yeah. You are on the uh, um on the board of governors. Is that correct?
0: Yes, I am. Tell
1: me about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, that is a, an amazing honor. I'm an appointed member of the board of governors of UBC. Um, where we have the um, opportunity to really be able to influence and and support uh, the education that um, the many thousands of students that attend this school um, make sure that they have a positive experience and are really being set up for the future. Um, I think, uh, you know, being a board member, um, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's so rewarding. Uh, we're making some really big decisions that are really influencing the future. Um, of education here in in BC, especially as uh, uh, such a core to the education ecosystem in the province as well, Um, both uh, from, again, provincially, but nationally also seen as, and internationally seen as a really um, influential institution. So yeah, I, I sit on the board there and it's been an extremely positive experience.
1: Oh, well, we're lucky to have you. I mean, it's actually kind of funny. We're, t- I mean, I, I am so amazed by what UBC's been able to do in, in order to, mm-hmm, you know, right. really become mm-hmm. a top institution. You know, even mm-hmm, from my right. days in the in the mid '90s to 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 now. But it's funny because my daughter's uh, thinking about university, so I got the McLean's magazine, university guide. Yeah, trying to put it in front of you because she doesn't want to go to a UBC. She wants to go to McGill or whatever. But
0: oh, I gotta take, a- I gotta <laughs> take a
1: little bit of point with with Maclean's magazine because I'm wondering where exactly where how much did McGill pay? Because if you look, let me explain this. If you look, paid, you know, it shows top engineering schools, and it's like UBC, U of T, tied for first. Top okay. education school, UBC, University of Toronto. Top computer science, top, like top planning, everything. Top oh, yeah. school in Canada, McGill. It's like, Oh, what, you're not even at the top chart of any of these. Like, I where, know. where'd you come from? Out of the McLean's, McLean founders or editors, I, I think maybe that's your alma mater. But all the same, I'm proud of where you know we, as a community, have taken taken UBC, and uh, I, yes. I will cheer. <laughs> I, I, I will I will cheer us for the from the top of high. Then see, yeah. I'm disappointed that my daughter does not want.
0: There, my daughter doesn't want to go there as well she's like i'm not going to because she wants to just get as far what you know she wants she oh, wants we, share we that. want her to have uh that on campus experience but uh-huh. every time she goes whether it be watching a basketball game or like a volleyball uh-huh. game or even just walking around um pacific spirit park she's like oh this is nice this is nice so i would maybe recommend going on a little bit of a you know promotional tour every so often with her saying Hey, take a look at this eagle's nest or take a look at these, you know. So, <laughs> we're walking the dog on
1: campus like once a week and it's still oh, just t- it's friend. too you're, close. You're on the path. Oh, yeah. It's too close. It's too close. Well, here's the one question I've been excited about asking about the cheeky proletariat oh my gallery. Goodness. What's that all about? I mean, I love the name. What's that all about? <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So, um, we have uh, the privilege of ha- having my husband and I own a uh, a two-bedroom ground floor unit in Gastown mm-hmm. and such a bizarre apartment. Um, the closet faces the road. So when we purchased it, it was like literally someone's closet, but it was a closet storefront and we're both <laughs> planners by um, education. And, and we <laughs> love that. We love cities that we thought, well, why not make this into something? Um, and so we, we, uh, kind of walled off the door into the unit and made it its own, um, separate space of expression as I like to call it, less of a, a, a gallery. It's kind of easier to call it a, a gallery because people present art, uh-huh. but it's a place where if you are, uh, for example, Chris, maybe you dabble in art on the side, or maybe you have <laughs> some like, you know, really cool action figures or something that, that are just maybe presented in your house, but be really cool if other people saw it. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the context of of the proletariat. It's really for anyone to be able to share any parts of themselves. So this is Uh, not for people who are necessarily just artists, maybe like emerging artists or early stage, but you know, I've had people who are security guards in their spare, um, but sketch in their spare time and have uh been to share their work in a full gallery that they put their stuff in there Um, to someone who just wanted to recreate his, um, university dorm room um and <laughs> so did that to um our, a group of art students um at douglas college um turned it into a living room and created a street theater um so or someone's a, maybe a musician and wanted to share their art right right now um it's an amazing uh, i'm gonna call her um, an artist her name is saloni she's 16 years old and mm-hmm. this is her first public show and that's currently well, in the space right now. Um, and so it, it, it's and it's also a little cheeky because it's not aligned with zoning. So um, <laughs> it's kind of like this pirate space in there. We're currently resolving things with the city right now, but it's been there since. Uh, 2020, that's awesome. And it's and it is. It's literally it's it's true to its core at being cheeky. Like that's what it is. It I, was, love it. Uh, I love it. I love it. So
1: you're not, you're not trying to, you know, steal the, the means of production or, or, or a tractor factory. We're actually trying to create art for the people. And, for the and people. I think that's awesome. Anyone. We, we, need, we, we need more space like that. Like I, I I ride my bike a lot. And if you, if you're, you know, coming down from UBC towards um, um, just on the the beach route, there's actually a house that has poetry and it has, it, it has a new yes, poem yes. each day yeah. or, or maybe it's just a thought. And the yes. fact that someone spent the time to have this digital sign that you go by and you have yeah. a new thought each day, I love that. You know, it, and it's but one yeah. of the unique things that makes a city communal and livable in a city yeah. that's very expensive and hard to be communal and livable exactly. sometimes.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But when you have the opportunity, like if you just have the idea or the creativity and um, and the space, like, I'm, like there's there's just so much possibility. You can't, you can't zone that in there, you know, when it's something that small, but We've had um, uh, one young one per- young person. Uh, she's a curator. It was her, the, her first curated show she did out of there. Wow! And then just last year, she curated the Museum of Anthropology, and now she is a director at uh, Artspeak. And Incredible. so it's it's really that space where uh, someone can get their start, <laughs> um, or just share anything that they, they want. So we're always looking for cheeky people um mm-hmm. and oftentimes they leave sticky notes on the window like it literally is very cheeky for a long time people didn't know that i was behind it um and the person who comes in and paints it i, I just call him and give him a key, drop off the key somewhere he's like who are you oh. <laughs> what is this place <laughs> people keep asking me about it and uh that's the so fun about it uh you know so um yeah it, oh,
1: that's it's, wonderful. It's really that's a great, great use of a land, I got to say, for everyone to, to, <laughs> to, to enjoy, to enjoy. Well, um, Antonia, as as, as, as you here, as our listeners know, the the, the the theme of the Afternoon Tea podcast is to uh, speak to wonderful entrepreneurs and social Brilliant. entrepreneurs like yourself in order to prepare that next generation. And, and I'm hoping a lot of the stuff that you shared today is going to create a bug of excitement for someone to maybe, you know, help, say, in Montreal or Quebec or, or you know, St. John's, say, hey, this is something I should do to help out, and so I, I really appreciate you sharing and trying to create that 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 energy across our great nation. But I have these two questions I always ask, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts on them. And the first being, can you share one piece of advice to help a younger Canadian founder?
0: One piece of advice. I have actually two, and I wrote really them. Give me a second here. Um, number one, it all starts with relationships. So make sure you maintain solid and good relationships. And I'm not just talking about those that you meet at conferences. It might be that person in that you knew in high school that sat behind you in math class. You're very, I'm very surprised at how all the different worlds have connected. Um, and uh-huh. so really make sure that you foster relationships. It gets really hard as a founder just because of the amount of time that it uh-huh. takes to do anything uh, to keep it afloat, keep the product going. So I'd say that that's the one thing. And then the second one is um, build audaciously. Love um, it. I am. Uh, I've created an organization that's focused on. On um, I built an organization focused on education, and I don't have an education background, but I do know I have the skills to be able to execute on this. And so sometimes we let our backgrounds or like who am I to do this, uh, get in the way. And I would say, especially as a Black founder and a Black female founder, who am I to do this? I'm not necessarily good enough. I didn't go to school for it. And I'd say, like, push that right out of the way. Who are you not to do this? Um, I bring something unique to the table. Okay. And oftentimes, it's those that are actually outside of the system that come up with the unique um, experiences to, to, to create the solutions. So um, I would say be audacious and be yourself
1: that's wonderful that's wonderful okay last question last question I yeah, promise but we'll see we'll see we'll see but can you share the name of a Canadian entrepreneurial star or founder that you personally look up to
0: yeah and we kind of chatted about this before which is really but... funny um <laughs> but I, I I wrote I I thought there was a couple of people here that I wrote down but really <laughs> what came to the top was uh, Selena Caesar Chavon um yeah. she is known as a politician. Um, or former politician within the federal government that uh-huh. stepped away from this Trudeau government, a black leader, but she was also the founder of um, a, a research firm. Um, yeah. She's also um, She was also on the board of U, U, of U of T, and I've really looked at her as a black leader, female, like founder, um, both in her kind of political engagement to also um, her starting her research organization and everything that she went through. Wow. Um, to it has really inspired me to 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 be able to um i have a sticky note from just be you on purpose i love it she, she told me that in a conversation we actually had about two months ago so um yeah i would say she's a, a black female founder that i definitely admire
1: wonderful wonderful well, thank you for sharing now here okay here's the last question then for those who want to help For those who want to say, hey, I love what you're doing. You know, maybe I have some time or some resources. How can they reach out to you? And we'll make sure to put that as as a link to, um, you know, to the podcast as well. Um, How can they reach out to you?
0: Phenomenal. And thank you for this last question. I would say, number one, um, if you want to support, we are looking for funding to be able to Uh support our organization. So you can go to www.ethoslab.ca. And you'll see our tab there that says donate. Um, really, we would um, would love your support to be able to continue to deliver this um, deliver on this mission. As well as, if you are interested in mentoring or volunteering or just helping out in general, we have it on our website there too. However, you can also email um, community at ethoslab.ca. So that's c o m m u n i t y at ethoslab.ca. Um, and I'll say one more thing. If you uh-huh. are listening to this co- uh, podcast and you have a teenager, you have someone from grade seven to grade 12 who's interested in building really cool stuff and also interested in exploring post secondary opportunities and getting um, opportunities in our startup ecosystem, uh, please feel free to also email the community at ethoslab.ca. We're always looking for more young people to join. And we're also looking for more startup founders, I should say, who want to welcome a young person into their workplace uh, as well.
1: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So I will repeat www.ethoslab.ca. I think, can I challenge everyone to check it out. Think, how can I help the community out? How can I help Ethos Lab out? But Thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed speaking with you and uh, I look forward to the, 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 the you know, massive op- positive opportunities that you're creating for the youth uh, today and, and where they're going to go. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much as well. Nice to chat.
1: Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode and that is awesome. Thank you in such a case please rate and review afternoon tea podcast and subscribe on apple spotify or wherever you get your feeds from afternoon tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders we do have some great guests lined up for future episodes but we would love to hear your thoughts too Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is p-o-d-c-a-s-t at t-t-t-t, that thats three tsstudio You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at ttt underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.